Hello everybody and welcome back to Things You Can't Ask Your Mum. I'm Lindsay and I'm Lizzie and we are here with another episode for you and this week we are talking about all things authenticity. We asked you over on Instagram what you'd like us to talk about and this came up so much that we grouped it into a theme for this week. (laughs) (laughs) It did thought-provoking questions too which we like they were really good we just had to have a little debrief before we got on here and there's some about books and we were like right which books are this <laughs> and which books are that so we, we are armed and ready to go way into this we are we are so let's start with a broad one what is yeah. authenticity to you and how do you find the confidence to be authentically yourself I always say this and for me it has absolutely come with age like yeah I really struggled even through my twenties to find out and to figure out who I was. And like, I didn't really grow or develop into who I am and be proud of who I am until my late twenties, which I think is, I I feel is quite late and I'm upset with myself for not doing it before then. (laughs) But I'm like, Oh God, I feel like my life is just starting because I just know who I am now. And I know what I'll accept. I know what upsets me. I know what makes me the happiest. I know what I can't compromise on. I know what I need to do to find balance and make myself happy. Um, You know, uh, by being by myself, like all of those things that make me happy that I do for myself without anybody else in the equation, that has come really quite late on for me. I mean, I'm saying late on, but I wonder how everybody else feels about this. Like, no, I was going to say, I don't think it's late on. I, I don't know, because I look at you, like, how many years is it between us six? Yes. How yeah. old are you? 29. Yes. 29? Yes. Yeah, There's six years between us, and I've always looked at you and thought, God, you are, you have a really strong sense of self. And I've just always felt a little bit wobbly in that area until really? the, the last few years, I think. Yeah, till I hit 30, 31-ish. Oh, I don't look at you and think that though. Do you not? No, maybe this is one of those things that like really defines authenticity though. That's really hard to define it sometimes. It is because so many, so many things are considered in 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 that word under that heading of being authentic. Yeah. And a big thing for me in authenticity is actually I've been able to find what truly makes me happy, mm. and that allows me to be my full, true, authentic self. Yes. And I think without those little things going before, what is at authenticity yeah. you can't sit here and say yes I, I fully am authentic to myself because no. it's a big old learning process isn't it it is and I think it could be really like dangerous to think of it as like understanding who you are and then that's it that's set this is who I am this mm. is what I like and not being open to any change within that oh my and god there's so much like, growth yeah exactly and your tastes and your boundaries changing I guess boundaries is a really big one for me of what authenticity would be of knowing exactly like you said what you do and don't stand for which is part of what you do and don't like and I've made so many mistakes with that though I think in recent years as well where I've allowed boundaries to be pushed because I'm not always strong enough to uphold them even though there's that sense in you that you're like oh no I'm doing something here that in some reason doesn't agree with me there's something off with what I'm doing right now but you go with it anyway because of what what someone else thinks or whatever or you're not brave enough to front it up at that moment those would be when I don't think I act authentically to myself yeah I think we are similar in that way um less so for me now but that it's taken me a long time to try and kind of like curate that in myself yes but um where other people are involved and you want to do the best for them or you want to put them first or maybe someone's opinion is a bit more forceful Mm. um 
I've found that hard in the past to like navigate and put myself first in all of that and like what do I truly feel and what do I truly want yeah so it is just a big learning curve and like really feeling out who you are and what you are yes um before you can sit there and be like yes I am fully authentic because we all grow and change all the time so I think it's just a massive worth work in progress yeah and we're all influenced by the people that come in and out of our lives as well yeah again I don't think it can be this sense of I know what I like it is about knowing what you like but then being open to that changing through experience through the people that you meet and the things that you learn along the way it doesn't have to be a rigid thing I guess the confidence comes from knowing what you like while knowing that that can change and just having a sense of like yeah this feels very me for whatever reason right now or this is not what I want to do with my life right now regardless of anyone else it is and it is like really important to maintain fluidity and all of that because things and circumstances and people change and as humans we have to be able to adapt and I think one of the most important things in that is that we are able to and are happy to adapt yes yeah Um, yeah and see the benefits of it and even though it's like those periods of growth can be really painful too yeah when you're in them and you just want to crawl out of your own skin (laughs) (laughs) leave me (laughs) normally a sign something good's happening in the long run (laughs) exactly yeah real change (laughs) well speaking of that feeling when you want to crawl out of your own skin what healthy habits do you both maintain to make sure your physical and mental health are balanced man couldn't feel less balanced at the moment if i'm honest (laughs) jesus christ this is this is another life's work this is literally like this is something you'll work on for the entirety of your life whether you're aware of it or not like we're all trying to carve out what makes us feel happy or balanced you know whether you're aware or not some of us have real awareness of it other people are just farting in the dark (laughs) (laughs) i was farting in the dark i did yeah is now not stopping in the dark. someone did ask for more british <laughs> random <laughs> sayings can i just go off on a tangent of a tweet that i sent you which you never replied to actually well, no. you might know what it means it's gonna be a really quick tangent i promise it says man just barreled down this train carriage on his phone having a heated conversation the last snip i heard was don't you treat me like i've got four asses paul and i need to know what it means what does don't it mean treat, don't treat me like i get but is like it because he's getting fucked in all of them? I'm fucking every arsehole I've got or something like that. I don't know. I've never heard of that before. It's quite clever, though. <laughs> I mean, have the word rationalised what that might mean. <laughs> now I'm going to say it for if, the next time. Me, if me and Jack have an argument, I'm going to yeah. say to him, don't you treat me like I've got four arseholes. It would be, probably be so shocked he'd stop whatever was happening. <laughs> realize that one I knew you'd be able to come up with something oh my god amazing oh anyway how did we get onto that um, um you were stabbing you were I'm farting in the dark, dark. <laughs> <laughs> I was farting in the dark about not understanding or knowing really um how to maintain any balance with like physical and mental health no. for me we always both say like our physical our mental health is fueled by physical health because moving our bodies makes us feel better generally in our brains um so it all goes hand in hand for me and it's the same when I eat well it's the same when I eat chocolate it's the same last night I I I honestly ate so much sushi I could have been sick but I was so happy and like the happiness that that brought me I'm like this is just like looking after myself self-care babe yeah this is what your body needs (laughs) yeah exactly there's so much about that isn't there loads my biggest biggest healthy habit 
which connect the two so much she's going for long walks yeah god like, yeah I this don't woman. think who I would be without a walk I just started reading a book actually called The Walker by someone called Matthew Beaumont I'm only like 20 pages into it because it's quite heavy it's like re- referring to a lot of different writers on walking and like the idea of the flaneur in the city so it's quite heavy to read mm-hmm. but there's a bit in it where he describes himself as a devout pedestrian which is now <laughs> I'm only going to refer to myself as that from here on in can you get that tattooed on you? That was my first thought when I read it. I was like, where can I get that tattooed? Because that's perfect. <laughs> Devout pedestrian. I've already made a new playlist on Spotify for when I'm going for a walk called Devout Pedestrian. Oh my God. Can good. you share it with people? Find her on Spotify. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> but I, in being a devout pedestrian, nothing. I think there's something so therapeutic about physically putting one foot in front of the other. And what this book talks about a lot so far is how there's this sense that if you went on a walk and you were lost in thought, you wouldn't be actually actually absorbing where you are, especially in a city. It's all about Mm -hmm. walking through urban spaces. But that in reality, there's so much stimulation going on and there's so many different things to see and smell that you are constantly absorbing them and adapting to them on these walks while being lost in thought. And that the best way to go around a city is to be with your thoughts and then managing that presence at the same time, because there's also the physical movement you've got to think about and mm. you've got to respond. And it, it kind of says the only thing that's on doing this is the way we all walk and be on our phones the whole time. Yeah. So imagine we're not doing that. You have to still respond to traffic, to people crossing over to you. If you all those different things yeah. that create this balance of like a mental space that you are nurturing and you're allowing yourself to daydream and manifest whatever you want to while mm. this physical presence that you wouldn't necessarily get if you were just sat at home staring at a wall lost in thought. Yeah, that's such a beautiful book, it sounds and like such a beautiful way to look at it. And especially as I know how much walking has helped you, I, I you could have walked to Timbuktu and back three times by now, I bet. I could, I could. And that's partly why I love spending so much time in New York and things and just yeah. traveling cities more than I sometimes enjoy like a beachy holiday. Yeah. Because walking in a new city, that's like peak mental health help for me. Yeah. But Lizzie's coming to see me in Lisbon tomorrow. So are you ready with the hills? Are you ready with the hills? I should be going off for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's Um, my biggest one that connects the two so much. Yeah. I think for me, oh God, I have two different ways of looking after myself. One is to be incredibly busy, but busy doing things that make me happy, like changing my sheets, organizing my beauty drawer in the bathroom. Um, having a clean around, lighting a candle, putting my incense on um, and just being busy and moving a lot through the house, you know, like you're in and out of rooms, you've got yeah. a slipper on, you've lost a slipper somewhere else, you go back to get it, like <laughs> those yeah. little tiny things where you just feel like your work's never done, but it's not work. Yes. And the other side of it is where like I had a really shit mental health day this week and all my body was telling me to do is to lay on the sofa and watch the season two of Bridgerton and so I shut the shutters in the middle of the day at about three o'clock and laid down and watched two hours of tv yeah and was like I really really needed that yeah. and I felt better after it for allowing my body to just chill yes yeah um, so I had two <laughs> two extremes <laughs> personally if I was feeling rubbish and I sat down and watched something I'd feel a thousand times worse that'd be the worst yeah. thing for me to do yeah so you just have to learn what helps you manage your thoughts basically yeah 100% and it'll be so different for everybody yeah definitely okay let's Ah. move on to our next one which is actually a really nice one to move into so how to deal with negative self-talk and break oh okay sorry yeah I'm, um, I'm reading something completely different here two things at once which isn't uncommon for me how to deal with negative self-talk god honestly carnage 
<laughs> oh, I went to bed late last night. Sorry. Right. Are we ready? Well, third time okay. lucky. Yeah. Third time lucky. How to deal with negative self-talk and break limiting beliefs. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fine. Do uh, we need it again? No, we've no. got it. Okay. How do you, how do you deal with that? You're, I always say this, you're very good at not letting yourself slip too far into negative self-talk, but I know that you are capable of it. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I, oh, see, I think I can be quite bad for it. Oh, I think it's we're hard. both similar in that our negative self-talk, I notice comes up for us most in relationships. Oh, and it's this sense that you've, it's like this cause and effect thinking of mm. I was too much. I did that wrong. And therefore this has happened. I yeah. should have done this instead. And therefore this. So that would be my biggest one, I think. And honestly, therapy is probably the thing that's broken that for me the most yeah. of this sense of why do you think that all of these actions are rewarded or punished in certain ways? Obviously, we're not talking about if you do something really, really, really bad. <laughs> <laughs> we're like talking about really small things that maybe women tend to be more aware of and beat themselves up more for. Yeah. I know we definitely do that. We definitely do. Yeah. One where I'm not like the result I want in something's not there. So then I'm like, okay, what do I need to do to change myself? How do I fit around this? How do I be more this, be less this? Yeah. Which is definitely a negative self-talk and limiting in a belief that A, you can control another person in that way by your own behavior, which you can't, and we shouldn't want to do that. No. And B, that in some way you have to adapt yourself to get the result you want out of something or someone. And I would yeah. also hasten to add this, like nine times out of 10 is in a relationship that has some toxicity of some level anyway. Yeah. Um, like I've had healthy experiences where I don't necessarily feel that come up as much. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's exactly the same for me. And we're always, we always say that we, we, I don't know, relationships are where we are always the hardest on ourselves Yeah. because you, I mean, we, we both tend to kind of like, I don't know beat ourselves up when when things aren't quite right or perfect yes. or you know something's happened and we immediately think it's our fault and we yeah. immediately try and change ourselves into like to fitting a mold that you think okay well that means that this person won't run off if I do yeah. more of this because yeah. obviously I'm the problem which yeah. is absolutely wild and not the case and it's because we've been in relationships previously that weren't right yeah yeah <laughs> um and I, I don't know I don't know if I have some other like negative self-talk tendencies sometimes if I'm having a really like funny time with my anxiety my brain tends to be really full and be really incredibly negative and mm-hmm. will keep me up at night that's where I do my best negative self-talk is at night time when oh yeah no one's around the lights yes. are off no one no I've got no distractions yeah uh, that's when the little ogre comes out and is like you're a fat shit like honestly <laughs> honestly it's ridiculous I think nighttime thoughts are always a thousand more times intense, whatever they are, yeah, yeah. between like the hours and two and two and four in particular. We always say two and four, don't we? Witching hour. Any thought yeah. that comes into your head, instantly yeah. it's like poof, so much yeah. bigger. Because you like yeah. you say, you've got no distractions to give you any perspective. You're just yeah. on ceiling watch thinking. Yeah. But like what I always think as well is like our mind is not our friend. Like this negative no. self-talk, it's not coming from a place of like love and care and kindness. Mm-hmm. Like our minds aren't our friends like that's why we have to nurture them and that's why we have to ignore them sometimes because they aren't fucking right yeah yeah they're, they're not so we have to be better at acknowledging that like you know what yeah fine have that yes. thought but let it go like whatever that I think that's the biggest tip and that's why 
I'm very flattered that you think I'm good at that but you yeah. also know that I am dreadful at stopping thoughts oh my like God. my thoughts snowball and run away from me yeah and I could pre- prevent a lot of negative thinking about myself and about what I may have done right or wrong yeah. by just having the thought and being like okay that thought's come observe it and mm-hmm. now let it go like don't yeah. now sit with it and pull it apart and I that, I do that until then I have yeah. to speak to somebody about it oh, and come up with 10 scenarios in the process that aren't yeah. even near close to where you started no. oh it's, it's it's amazing yeah it is it is amazing sometimes I get a text from Lizzie and said you're gonna love this one and I'm like go on what's the what's the scenario today oh, she's good. like well as I was lying in bed last night <laughs> I've somehow jumped from a number one to a number 100 I'm like oh my god it's mad yeah, yeah that's where I think it's thought-based all of it is it isn't is, it and exactly it is. like you said your mind's not being your friend yeah it is and moving into the next question which is perfect for this part yes. which books have drastically changed the way that we think or our views on life and things like that and this book honestly like if I'm having a, a bit of a terrible time the last thing I want to do is read but I make myself get this book yeah um, Lizzie bought me a copy and my friend Kim bought me a copy so I've got two copies on the go and it's called 101 Ways to Change the Way You Think. Um, 101, 101 Essays that Change the Way You Think. Is that okay. one? Yes, it's yeah. that one. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Honestly. Why am I like this? Why am I like it? 101 Essays that Will Change the Way You Think. And her name is Brianna Weist. Is that right? Yes, I'm doing okay, lots of magic. That is yeah, right. Okay. I promise I've read it. <laughs> it's a beautiful book. It's, it's a beautiful book. And honestly... Oh God, I, I don't know where I'd be without that book yeah it's got a bookmark in it and I read the same passages I read the same essays over and over again and I'm like it calms me and it soothes me yeah and I can be in a real pickle mentally and as soon as I finish reading things that are relevant and that are kind of like reaching out to me in it um in the book I feel so much better and I'm like right, right okay and then my rationality is able is that a word your rationale okay. maybe rationale rationality oh, oh god oh, what is wrong with me today don't worry about it i know what you mean everyone knows you're good everyone knows what i mean right fine yes my rationale returns and my logical start of my side of my brain kicks in mm. and it's like yeah okay mate you're fine like yeah. this is normal and it's okay to feel these things i uh, she also has one which i've not read called the mountain is you is it called you, the yes you? you also bought me that book yes. i haven't read that one yet but maybe i'll get that one out yeah i have that i have that one and i see it referenced a lot mentioned on yeah. like, and like quotes pulled out of it that sound really good yeah i think she writes in a really like easily digestible way which i really enjoy as well oh god me too especially when you're feeling at capacity and you're yes. like your mind is not being your friend and you just need someone to untangle it for a minute yeah definitely I recently read um, All About Love by Bell Hooks, which had been on my shelf for so, so, so long. That was amazing. I think that might be a bit of a life changer. And it kind of talks, she starts with saying that she um, finds it really lacking the literature available on love. And Mm -hmm. that while women in day-to-day life are deemed the experts on love in that we talk about it and we're preoccupied with it and we fill our minds with it and we are like um, wired to earn love and chase love men are somewhat wired to receive love and just be more passive in it and yet all of the biggest writings on love as a practice are all written by men and mm-hmm. um, so books like men are from mars women are, women are from venus i've forgotten yeah. the author of that but it's definitely a man 
Um, And then so she then goes on to try and work out what her definition of love is, which she decides is the spiritual nurturing of another person, essentially. And it's all based in spirituality. And then within that, she goes and breaks down how our childhood affects the way that we love. And it does like talk about attachment styles, which I think is a really helpful way to learn. But it's also a bit more philosophical, I suppose, and answering lots of life questions. And it's not too black and white of saying if you had an abusive upbringing or a bad upbringing, whatever that definition may be, you will then experience love in this way. It also talks about you could have grown up in an abundance of love and your parents done everything you want. And that can still be problematic of how you then go mm. about to forge relationships as an adult. Um, and then she kind of, con- this isn't really too much, by the way, she concludes with her understanding of what true love is and the definition of what that is for her. And when we're faced with that, what that might look like and feel like. Um, so I, it's like a really nice bit of practical help and more abstract thinking too, which I really liked. Love that oh, I really like the sound of that. You should order it. It's one that Kim messaged me and said, can I borrow a copy of it? I was like, you all can get your thieving mitts off it because I'm keeping that because I've written all over it. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Kim, Kim actually, Kim's come up about four times. We love Kim. We love Kim. Um, she messaged, sent me a message this morning. We, uh, we had a little FaceTime catch up last night. Yeah. And she sent me a message this morning, which was an excerpt from a book about something, like a topic we were discussing that summed it up really beautifully. And it was from Conversations About Love. Conversations on Love, Natasha. On Love. Natasha Nunn or Munn. It's actually, I can see it from where I'm sat. Natasha Lunn, none of the above. (laughs) Mon, Mon, Mon. Lunn. Lunn. Okay, yeah. It was, uh, and I've read uh, quite a few bits um, from that book. But again, she's another author that that sums things up so beautifully and it's so well written so that's another one and like we me and you are drawn to things like that so yeah. so much yes. um I like that one because it's lots of essays by different people as well and yeah. I love hearing about lots of different people's experiences yeah me too which is also why I like consulting my friends about so many like so many mm. friends about the same thing and like mm. having all of these opinions around me I'm like that's really makes me feel really good about that I can like take that <laughs> bit that I like from that one ignore that bit that I don't like from that one yeah um, and similarly from reading experiences of people from different backgrounds as well it's yeah. so nice yeah absolutely so important isn't it yeah it is um and maybe this walking one that I've just started might be a life changer um, oh yeah it's, I think it's Matthew Beaumont the books in the other room so I can't say it right now but I'm pretty sure that's who it's written by um and being a devout pedestrian <laughs> obviously very relevant to me it's amazing we've got to find a way to get that tattooed on you I hope your mom can I really I know she will be listening I don't I <laughs> don't think I can get I just think I look a bit of an idiot with devout pedestrian tattooed on me. Not if it was really small. Mum, look at what she's trying to do. What about the sole of your foot? No. <laughs> that would make sense. That would make sense. The walking, the feet. It would. It wouldn't it? It would. We're not going to no. do that. Okay, fine. One above each kneecap, devout pedestrian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not with those dodgy knees. I know they'll be wonky with me oh, here. Oh, my God. <laughs> What we have, one more question, don't we? We've got one more. Yeah. Do you want me have. to do it? <laughs> yeah. I was I was pausing to give you the chance, but no, I'll go. I'll do it then, shall go I? On. Jesus Christ, slacker. Yeah, I'm not slacking today. <laughs> no, don't be silly. Um, how to deal with feelings of failure. <clears throat> oh, God, this is... Ties in with negative self-talk, I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Who's decided you failed? That would be my first question. Have well, you failed at something? Thank you. Something quite practical mm. of like you failed an exam or something where there's like a real grade system, something yeah. very arbitrary. Like a proper measure of it, yeah. Yeah, which would then be something you can go away and learn from because you should have criticism in it that way. Like if it was a work-based thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or 
Like what's the marker of the failure? Have you decided you failed at something because you've not done something by a certain age? Do you feel like you're failing at something because you're not fitting in the way that society is saying that you should? I think like question what framework you're working from with it and then yeah. rip it all up. Yeah, <laughs> Throw it away. Basically. Yeah, Doing really it. well. <laughs> and you know, I just think there's something so valuable and amazing in failing because it teaches us some really tough lessons. Yeah. And we can surely only get stronger from them. We might not see it in the moment, obviously. Yeah. I remember the first true feeling of failure that I ever had was not getting a place at Chester University to go and study dance. And I was absolutely oh. distraught yeah. because it was my first choice. And I was so confident in myself mm. that I didn't apply to anywhere else. What an idiot. That's so that's isn't the most it? new thing I've heard. Isn't it cocky little shit? And it was. It wasn't even. Um, so I did all my like A levels in like dance and performing arts and things like that, and smashed all of those. It's my bloody. I did my resets of like uh, maths and failed <laughs> those again, so I couldn't get in. Oh, I was devastated. But anyway, ended up going through clearing and went to Preston Uni, where I had the absolute time of my life. Met yeah. my first big true love. Oh. And I have the most amazing memories from all of that time. And I danced every day just as I wanted to. Yeah. And it was amazing. But, uh, you know, you have to go through these tough parts because something good always comes from it, I promise. Yeah. I think that point in life, like when you're applying for university and like going through exams, mm. is one of the most intense times of feeling like you failed at things. Oh my God, yeah. Because, because it is that system, like you said. Yeah. Definitely. And even like if you've got your own sense of what grade you wanted to get and then in life, it then becomes more individual, I suppose. I suppose you could fail as in like not getting a job. But at that point, you probably feel like you've got more options and have withstood failure already. Exactly like you just said. So whereas at that point, it is devastating when you don't get what you want to get. And you really feel like your life is over because you can't quite comprehend how it's going to move forward because you've not got used to like being resilient and bouncing back from stuff. That's it. And you haven't also given yourself any opportunity to look at what other options you could possibly have or what doors might open instead. Yeah. You've just been so set on this one scenario that you actually now can't see how life is going to pan yeah. out. How will you ever cope? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I think it's harder as you get older and the failings feel more oh, like milestones in life maybe of oh I'm not in a relationship and all my friends are or oh I'm not you know living alone whatever it may be I can't afford to rent the place I want to rent I can't do whatever it is if it's like a money thing a lifestyle thing a relationship status they're harder to break down I suppose and understand what what is it in you that makes you feel like that's what you really need and then to not have that is right or wrong yeah 100% that um It'd be normally comparison, wouldn't it, I guess? Yeah, for sure. Like like that. Yeah, measuring yourself up to your peers, basically, in whatever capacity that is. And then having having feelings of failure because you're not on the same page as them. But thank fuck you're not because you've got different lives. You're a different person. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all good. You're amazing as you are. Yeah, I think that's a good way of dealing with it as well. Like, even if you had to physically write down everything that you have got going on all of those thoughts of like what what you five years ago wanted you probably have a lot of those things now yeah even if it's small things of just like I don't know what it could be but there's definitely things I think of it that way to go back in time and go oh gosh I've already achieved more than I think we're just constantly on to the next thing yeah absolutely um and it's a really hard lesson to learn but you're your own worst enemy in this because there's only you that's beating yourself up everyone that knows and loves you 
will give you support in abundance no matter yeah. what the outcome is yeah and you know you've got to you've got to just try and toughen up a little bit and try yeah. and see the positives and as shit as it is fake it till you make it and be like no okay this has happened because something else is going to happen yes. that is going to be amazing and like I am such a big believer in what's not you know what's meant for you won't you know you by, yeah you yeah, I nearly. Yeah, so what were you gonna say? Were you gonna say what? I nearly, I nearly stuffed that that saying up then as well. I've been talking absolute shit today. Sorry, everybody. It's been great. <laughs> great. And it is like picking yourself back up and working out what you do next, and knowing that exactly like your example of you didn't get into university, you wanted, so you went to another yeah. one, and it was still great. Yeah, you then yeah. have to get into that next bit, see the benefits of it. That's it, because you can't you or with failure. I feel like once you once you think that you have failed at something, you stood at the bottom of a mountain, yeah, and you can't see the top of the mountain. You can't see up there, and it feels no. too far and too steep. Yeah. And you're like, well, how could I possibly look forward up to the top of that mountain and see the happiness that's coming for me because it's so fucking far away? Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's kind of like being a bit stoic with it and thinking, mm-hmm. what can I control and what can't I control? Often a yeah. failure might have been something that was really out of your control anyway. Yeah. So then stripping that back and being like, right, I focus on the things that I can control can control, and only those and everything else I have to let go and wash over me almost. Yeah. Which is very hard. It's really hard. But do you know what? If I can fail my driving test five times <gasps> and, st- and pass on the sixth, you lot can do anything. <laughs> six times you shouldn't have passed on the sixth time you're a terrifying driver who no, I'm not. you you are no i'm not you like drive like a boy racer it's petrifying it's thrilling is what it is it's thrilling oh god <laughs> love driving love it love it get you get your you pedal to the metal you're a confident driver i'll give you that i am a confident you are she's very good at parking really good at parallel parking Mm -hmm. that's what you get when you have to practice it six times over six different tests (laughs) honestly honestly it really did prepare me for driving all those tests i was just like yeah come on it's all right my mum and dad bought me they bought me my lessons and my test for my 17th birthday because i was very lucky jesus christ i bet they i bet they rude the day they wished they'd Read the day that they said they'd agreed to pay for those, but they cost them a fucking fortune in the end. <laughs> I to keep present ever. Stood in the kitchen going, right, we're in financial ruin now. <laughs> she she see failed again. <laughs> Their patience is wearing thin towards the end. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh, God, I bet they were really slagging me off at, at, even at try three, weren't they? Oh, God. Sure, she'll get it this time. We no. got there in the end. Double it. Oh my god! But I've got no fear now. I'll drive anywhere and anything. I'll get into any oh, car. Don't I know it, Christ. I could be part of Grand Theft Auto, if we're being honest. You could, but I, oh, hang on, no. Is that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Not that's Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just for the purposes of the police, I'm not going to steal any cars. <laughs> you do drive like you drive. You should drive in Grand Theft Auto, the game, though. You drive it, like that's real life. <laughs> like I've got to get away from a crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh god oh gosh well that concludes that it does yeah it does if Lindsay ever offers you a lift for whatever reason say no that's so rude you're walking next time I'm telling you now <laughs> I think we've established I'm fine with that yeah devout pedestrian obviously yes obviously. oh my god well thank you all so much for tuning in to listen to our episode 
and we are back and in the swing of it this has actually been a bit later than planned hasn't it but we've had a had a bit of a, a we didn't country. fail because we missed a week did we we just we yes it's true yeah it's no. true mm, it's we true. don't come down hard on ourselves like that <laughs> yeah so don't give us any shit for being week, a week <laughs> late <laughs> But we will be back very soon and we've got some absolutely amazing questions from you all to get through mm. week to week. But as always, just um, send us a DM with anything that you have burning and we can have a chat about it and uh, answer some questions for you here. Yes, very much so. I think we should go now because I'm talking shit. Yeah, let's go. Thanks, everyone. Okay, thanks, everyone. <laughs> See you thanks next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.